Welcome to another edition of the College Faith Podcast, sponsored by Global Scholars. This is Stan Wallace, your host, and today I've invited Dr. Mary Poplin to join us again to help us better understand and evaluate, from a Christian perspective, the range of critical theories, including critical race theory. Mary, welcome back to the show. Thank you for inviting me, Stan. So the last time I had you on to discuss your book, Is Reality Secular?, you made an interesting comment about your history and reflections uh, on critical theory that you've had over the past maybe 30 years or so. So I wanted to have you back on to hear more of what uh, your thoughts are on this matter. It's uh, you know all the rage today and on both the universities yes. and broader culture. Yes. And uh, as Christians, it's important for us to, to in the words of Paul in 1 Thessalonians 5.21, to, to examine everything carefully and hold fast to that which is good and reject what is not. So I've I invited you to to help us do just that, to examine critical theory today, given the fact that you've been observing these currents of thought for, again, 30 years plus, and in fact, was your view uh, uh, many years before it became popular. I can think of no one better to help us do that. So uh, I, I really want to get to four things uh, just to kind of set the table uh, to talk about what critical theory is and how, for instance, critical race theory is, is related to that. Mm-hmm. Secondly, what, what the good is that we should hold fast to in these ideas. Uh, third, what the errors are that we should be aware of. And fourth, how this understanding can then translate into how students or, or others should engage the ideas when they encounter them on campus or even in the workplace or what have you. So uh, that sound good? Yep, does. All right. Let's start with understanding what critical theory is. How would you define it? Well, it's a theory that um, that asks us to radically critique and thus change society. The move for critical theory is always toward the left, uh, as pretty much as far left as you can get in terms of the theories that we've engaged lately. Um, If you just look at kind of when we broke with modernism, and started postmodernism, then we lost this idea that things had to be uh, empirically true. And so critical theory uh, doesn't worry about trying to establish its credibility that way. It just seems to believe that there has to be a remake of society because racism exists in the sense of the critical race theory. There are all kinds of critical theories, but In critical race theory, there's a belief that racism is one of the fundamental organizing principles of society, and therefore that's what we have to uh, most go against. One of the things that's important to say at the beginning is that they reject Martin Luther King's vision Hmm. uh, in terms of moving away from racism. And um, So could you tell us what that is? Just to be clear, what is King's view? And Well, Martin Luther King believes that we should really just come together. They okay. believe really that, that we're very separate. We can't come together, very separate by race, class, and gender. And you either have to be a critical theorist or you're on the wrong side. So if you were on, mm-hmm. on Martin Luther King's side of getting along uh, and looking at people as, you know, unified we're we're all people we all have these problems and we all have these strengths that's not going to be okay for the critical race theorists so they profess that racism 
was and still is the foundation of the United States. You know, there is some someone who uh, kind of is on the critical race theory side that would be an academic, and that would be Nicole Jones, who's trying to rewrite American history in this manner. So she's saying that American histories are all about the white race defining what the country is and oppressing everybody else. So we have to rethink what the nation is going to be. So that's an example of a critical race theorist who's dominant in the um, academic culture right now. Okay, that's helpful. Well, I think it's helpful to clarify that critical race theory is one form of critical theory. And and it might be best to focus on that. I think we hear maybe most about that, but it might be just a kind of a window into the broader range right. of critical theories. So that, that that's really helpful. So obviously ideas never exist in a vacuum. They develop from other assumptions and schools of thought. Trace for us a little bit of how we got here, how these views, this idea came to be so dominant today. Well, okay. So it started from As I said, once the university accepted to move from just maybe uh, liberalism to radicalism, we adopted critical race theory. The university has always been seen as a a place to keep going toward progress, right? Mm -hmm. You know, that you change gradually because you learn more and you progress in that way. And liberalism was... uh, a way that we broke with conservatism. We, we broke with the idea that things could be easily defined and um, that there was a history of America that everybody could belong to. Um, instead, there were multiple histories of America and it wasn't as optimistic <laughs> as we like to make it. Okay. You know, for me, I was always, uh, I always wanted to be on the edge you know, in the left. And so for me, I went from, I guess my first foray into the left was feminism and post-structuralism and then critical, and then later critical race theory. And I was always a proponent and then um, partly tied to my conversion in general. uh, I began to look at things, not as we adopt them because they're new, but We really study them, study what's true and what's not true, right? Mm. And of course, there's always some truth in theories, right? They they can't just stand if there's no truth in them. Mm -hmm. So there is truth that racism still exists, for example. Let's talk a little bit about that, because uh, it's certainly the case that uh, all ideas that we collectively come up with have some truth and have some error. It's always a mixed bag. Right. Talk to us about that more specifically. What, what, what in, again, we're focusing the, the critical race theory, form of critical theory. What, what in the CRT views really are true and that we need to acknowledge and be in solidarity on? Right. Well, it is true that there still is racism and there still is, um, it's evident when you just look at scores of children, for example, okay. or scores of Uh, schools, you know, schools with African-American students have very different scores than schools of white students, than schools of Asian students. And so there is racism. There is some big problem here. And now even we've got reverse racism. So now if you're a white man, for example, there are certain things that uh, the 
the sort of woke culture is not not going to allow you to do also right sure so let's just let's just make sure we drill into what's what's true in this ideology uh so there's 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 clearly cases of racism that we need to be aware of and addressing. And Micah six eight, I think, is the key passage for us all to try to live by. Uh, he has shown you what is good and what what he requires of you, what the Lord requires to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your your God. So uh, you know, where can we find solidarity with those who would be proponents of critical race theory to to act justly and love mercy from your perspective? Um, I don't know that they want us to be <laughs> part of them, but, okay. um, but I think that there are things that we can learn from them. There are things they could learn from us, but they're in the ascendancy of their theory. So a different timing for them. Okay. The basic premise of critical theory, critical race theory is that there, that racism still exists. That I think we, we can say yes. Okay. That'd be common ground to start with. Okay. Well, let's talk about the the concerns or the the, the other side, the the critique. All all ideas have areas that don't quite get it right. And so what what is it in critical race theory we need to be rejecting that we need to critique? Because there are some Christians who would say, no, that is the biblical view, the CRT view, but where would you see that's too far to one extreme? Well, all it really does is re- is reverse racism, actually. So you still have racism. You just have a different version of it, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's the biggest problem with turning left or right. You know, you usually just, if you go all the way to the right or all the way to the left, you've just created a new version of the same problem. Mm. And so you never make any progress. You've got to make progress where where you've considered the issues for the left and the right and you've gone forward to something that looks biblical. Hmm. Okay. That's good. One of the areas that I've uh, struggled with as I've read critical theorists of all stripe, including uh-huh. critical race theorists, is a, it seems to have a denial of, in theological terms, the image of God, or in secular terms, the universality of human experience, maybe. Just this idea that we all have some shared value. We all are the mm-hmm. same in a very deep fundamental way. And therefore, we can talk about things like universal human rights or respecting everybody equally or whatnot, because there's that shared truth about who we are at the most fundamental level. And there seems to be a rejection of that and a reduction to the ultimate reality of what we are defined by our race, class, or gender. Right. Yeah, you're defined by those ideas, <laughs> right? What, and why do you think that is when our whole history as a nation and certainly the Christian tradition has grounded equality on a universal human nature or image of God concept? Well, I think it's because we've gone through several historical moments that have been troubling or um, things we haven't we still fight about. <laughs> and um, I, th- I would blame feminism for that. I mean, I think the the feminists were kind of the first, uh, the radical feminists were the first people to kind of break with this idea that we're all sort of alike. There was an emphasis on talking about what the differences were with women 
and what the problems of men were. So it was a, it was a division. Mm. And you still, you see that in any division where, where people are not looking for a common ground. They're looking for what's wrong with you. Mm. <laughs> That's okay. not wrong with me. <laughs> and so they had women's studies programs, right? Where you could study things from a feminist perspective. You know, one of my first experiences with this was when I was first becoming a, a feminist. Uh, I was involved in a political group in a city, and it was actually at that time called Women's Political Caucus. And it wasn't so negative to men. It was more of a how to get women politically involved. Okay. And I remember that one of our members was a young woman who had, I think, maybe three or four children. And she had a completely different perspective. And as we went along, was a bad thing we did. We pretty much uh, ostracized her. And she, mm. and she left, you know, she left the group. So, and that's what I think happened even with the feminist movement. You know, the Women's Political Caucus was something very different than now, for example. And I think that that's true a lot of times in the movements that we're, we're involved in now, that things have gone too far. Well, they might have been too far the other way. Now they're too far that way. Sure, sure. But history is that series of pendulum swings, isn't it? Yeah. On almost everything. So uh, the other thing I've noticed from my limited perspective, and I want to hear you on this because you've got such a longer and richer history, is not only it seems as there's reduction of us from shared humanity to identity, just with this subgroup, whether it's race, class, gender, what have you. But there also seems to be maybe, maybe that's top down reduction, there's more bottom up reduction too, in the sense of this almost denial uh, or outright denial of individuals acting as individuals, Mm -hmm. but acting in deterministic ways because of their, if you're talking about CRT, their race. So because you're white, you must think or you must do or as opposed to a sense that, no, we all not only share the image of God and have deep value, but we all, no matter what our race, class or gender is, have a fallen nature that leads us to wrong actions and wrong choices, Uh, but also allows us to perhaps still make right choices and engage in right actions. But that seems to be either downplayed or denied within CRT as well. Now, right. do you agree with that or did I misread something? Well, it is because CRT is so interested in the diversity piece, right? It's so interested in the what divides us, really. Critical race theory, critical feminist theory, critical whatever, you know, put your whatever mm-hmm. noun you want in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we aren't really looking at unity and diversity, which is what the original university was about. Mm. It was about that from the very beginning, and that's why it's called a university. Mm. (laughs) So it wasn't just, uh, it wasn't probably even foremost in their mind about race or gender, but it was about the idea that we're studying all these ideas and that there is some kind of unity in all of these ideas that Mm -hmm. brings them together. And I think that we have, we ignored certain scholars. So for a long time, it was really the university was mostly a white, a white male first, and then a white place, and uh, and so we lost, we lost a voice that is important in the culture. 
And nowadays, even though we have a lot of what's called inclusion, we largely include people who are not just racially different, but they are in, but they're also leftists because the university's left. And so what I see is that there are these brilliant conservative black scholars, for example, who are often completely ignored by the university. But they're in the media, if certain media, not every media, right? Because right now we're we've swung so much to the left. But I mean, you just think of people like Thomas Sowell. Lynn Lowry, Carol Swain, Candace Owen, Ben Carson, Henry Hutchison, Condoleezza Rice, Star Parker, Shelby Steele, Bob Woodson, and it just goes on and on and on. All those people, interestingly, are Christian, Mm. and they're Black, and they're not included. They're not names that come up when you talk about Black scholars or, or hiring a Black scholar in a university right now. It's like it's not just about race anymore. It's about race and having the the right orientation, which for most universities is still very far left, especially in the social sciences and the humanities. The sciences have not gone that far because they're focused on something else. They want their stuff to work. <laughs> I was on a webinar yesterday with a physicist in um, in Germany, and she was asked, what the challenges were to her as being Christian. And she really said there, there really aren't any, everybody knows I'm a believer and it's very respectable in my field. Not everybody is of course, but uh, you know, studying physics, it gets you into issues. Uh, She studies cosmology. So issues of origin of the universe and uh, very respectable to be a theist in those conversations. So yeah, it, it reminded me just how different it is in the sciences from my world in humanities and the social sciences as well. Right. That's a problem. We will return to the show in just a moment, but first a word from our sponsor. If you are like most of our listeners, you are concerned about the ideas being promoted in our universities today. We too often hear about what is false and even harmful being promoted as true. Christian professors are called to stand up for what is true, good, and just and teach their students to do the same. Help equip Christian professors to do so at www.global-scholars.org. Please also check out the other podcast Stan and Dr. J.P. Moreland do together, Thinking Christianly. Whereas this college faith podcast focuses more on the practical questions of thriving during the college years, the Thinking Christianly podcast is all about the ideas that shape the university, students, our broader culture, and the world. Visit thinkingchristianly.org or download episodes on your favorite podcast platform. And now back to College Faith. I'm always trying to make sense of of, of comments I hear from many people uh, on this issue, and and especially from thoughtful Christians, many of whom uh, either explicitly or implicitly embrace critical race theory or other versions. And so I have some inklings as to why that is, but I'd rather just ask you, why, why is this so popular, at least in some circles among Christians, to, 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 to be critical theorists? Well, um, first of all, you know, we're all going with the tide, and the tide of the university is pretty clearly uh, critical theorists in the social sciences and the humanities. 
And so you have to go there to some degree. You don't have to agree with it. You can critique it. Um, but I think that also there's one other thing that's probably more problematic in terms of that question. And that is that most of us as academics know our field and we know and, and we do our church thing on Sunday, but we don't try to combine it. We don't try to look biblically at our field. If you ever tried to look biblically at uh, critical race theory, you'd come up with a lot of things like the early disciples. If you really look at them, they're from all sorts of nations. I mean, the first group that's described as a Christian group is from, I think, four different nations. So it's not, you know, Christianity didn't do that to us. (laughs) Something else did that to us. I just, and I think that a Christian scholar is always, if a Christian scholar's at a a secular place, they're always going to be a little nervous about not agreeing with the secular norms, right? And critical race, uh, critical theories and critical race theories are pretty much the norms in the social sciences. So maybe they just give in in that way. Okay, so number one, there is racism. We all know that's true, right? Number two, there are two things you can two two ways you can do it. You can ignore it, you can pretend it doesn't exist, or you can address it. And if you address it, what's the way my my own culture is addressing it? And it's going to be critical race theory. And we have not, as I mentioned earlier, as Christians, done the kind of intellectual work we need to do to come up with alternatives that are Christian. But clearly, you don't have to support critical race theory. There are plenty of sources that challenge that now. I'm going to mention, I can mention three of them that I really recommend for people. So, yeah, so let's, let's move to kind of, for lack of a better word, application. So how then shall we live <laughs> in yeah, light right. of this? What do we, what, what do we as, as Christians, and especially Christians in the university uh, okay. to hold fast to the truth, but avoid the errors here? Well, I think first we need to study the, the field that's whatever's field, whatever is dominant right now, like, for example, critical race theory. We need to study it together as a group of Christian scholars. And we need to uh, discern what part of that critical race theory is Christian and what part of that critical race theory is not Christian. So we, mm-hmm. we can get some discernment. And then um, so we could teach the part that's true and uh, and question the part that's not true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that part of the reason we haven't done that is that we we probably haven't spent a whole lot of time understanding what critical race, the- what critical theory is. Um, but it's not going it's not going away. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so we probably ought to do that. There's a, a few, especially regarding critical race theory. There are a few things I'd recommend. And I guess before that, I'd say, let's say you're a student in the university and you don't agree with what you're being taught and you know you're being taught critical theory and everything. Then I suggest students who have similar fears and ideas work together in in study groups where they look at what the critical theory says in books and videos, maybe more so for students' videos because it's faster and they seem to be so good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then get into a group that talks about that, you know, every week or every month or every two weeks, uh, just come together as people who are worried about critical, 
critical theory and what it's done, what it's doing in their own classes and their program and how it's distorting even their fields. Um, so I think they should do that. Is there a way students could find those groups? I mean, are you thinking about groups that exist that try to do that intentionally? I don't, I couldn't point to groups that do it. I can point to resources that would help I have three sort of basic resources. And I just pulled these out of a, a hat of things I knew. And the first one is an excellent video intro. And in fact, this person has a lot of videos and is very clear about critical race theory and critical theory. And that person's name is Christopher Rufo, R-U-F-O dot com. And all you have to do is to go on there. His latest video, which I just saw uh, this morning, is really good. And it he is critiquing far left indoctrination in the public schools and colleges. That's his uh, Okay his theme for, um, I don't know how often he changes his website, pretty often, I think, but ChristopherRufo.com. It would be quick. I think the one I watched was maybe 35 minutes or something like that. But he's very clear. He's young. He knows what's going on in the university as well. And then James Lindsay has a a new book called Race Marxism, (laughs) The Truth About Critical Race Theory. And that's a, a fairly kind of easy to access, easy to read book by James Lindsay. He also has a lot of videos and he also has a lot of um, articles. So, so Christopher Rufo, James Lindsay. I did read his book that he did with Helen Pluckrose. Uh, yes. Cynical Theories. Uh, oh, the yeah. subtitle was something about how uh, activist scholarship made everything about race gender and uh class and how it's harming the university so he right. he made a pass at that in that book but boy i'm interested to read his his sequel that's important what you said about the activist uh things um i think he makes this point too most of these do that that the university and i mentioned it before used used to believe that its role was to teach you the range of things the range of perspectives, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So, and now, now the university chooses a perspective and goes with it. And so people have to, Christians in particular, young people have to hunt for a place uh, that's, that's not going to do that. So you would get to study, you know, the range and, and really have good dialogue about it. And the other person is Carol Swain, who's a good friend of mine, but she and Christopher um, Shore have written a book called Black Eye for America, How Critical Race Theory is Burning Down the House. Hmm. And, um, and it's, it's actually a series of fairly short chapters uh, with questions, but it's very, very clear. And, um, and that and Lindsay's book and Rufo's videos, and well, they all have videos, I'm sure, too. You know, just spend some time on it, and probably in a couple hours you could figure out really what is the what are the people who are coming against and who are really critiquing and think, thinking through what critical theories are doing to us i think that would be really good very good well let me ask the most not that these aren't practical suggestions they are but moving from the theory to the so what do i do mm-hmm. so a student and this can apply to a parent in their job uh, you know, uh, they're working or whatnot, but let's just talk about a student has been in a group, has read some of these things, has processed this from a biblical worldview, has some convictions. Uh, but 
they just find themselves in a real life situation where they've got to write a paper or uh-huh. uh, respond to an exam question that they know the professor wants it to be a certain answer. Uh-huh. How do they in good conscience do that? I mean, you've been in the professor for many, many years. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, you understand this tension. How, 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 how can students who come to conviction that they can't buy the whole uh, CRT or critical theory narrative, uh, hook, line, and sinker, and who have discerned good from error how do they deal with professors, let's say, who want them to be all in on it? Okay, so here would be my suggestion. So let's say you have to write a paper mm-hmm. and you've had to read this critical race thing. And uh, and that's what the question's about. I think as a as a diligent student, you should say this is this is what it is. These are the critiques of it. So you actually You've actually gone beyond the assignment in a way, but you haven't not done the assignment because the assignment wanted you to do, to tell, tell about critical race theory. I mean, that's the purpose. The professor wants to know that you know what critical race theory is, right? Um, but you've, you've said that, and then you've said, well, it's detractors, you could call them. It's detractors or it's uh, people who are critics of it such as this person, this person, this person raised these points. Mm-hmm. You don't have to answer them, mm-hmm. but you can at least be true to yourself and feel like you did at least acknowledge that there were problems. Well, that's great. Yeah. Step back and take a third person perspective. So that you're saying, Hey, here, here's as an observer, here's the view. Yeah. You get the view, right? You've done your homework. Here's mm-hmm. what some would bring as critiques, mm-hmm. not necessarily naming them as yours, though they very well may be, but you're just doing a a, a full treatment of the issue. The assignment. Yeah, that's 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 brilliant. Yeah, I think that's what you have to do. Okay. And what the professor wants to know is that you read the critical race theory book, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And once you sure. prove that, then you can go on to critiquing. If you just want to critique it, that's not going to work. Good. Similar question. Let's take it out of the classroom for the student. I'm just trying to think of all the situations students might engage this in. And mm-hmm. another one might be he or she is in leadership in some campus organization. Maybe it's student government. Maybe it's you, know, you name it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the university or maybe just their advisor is requiring them to have to do certain things to promote uh, a CRT view uh, in their club, in their organization. And that'd be the same thing as, as, as an employer requiring uh, an employee to do X, Y, Z. But how, in the university context, how could a student respond in that situation? Well, I think it's pretty similar to what I said. They, they respond by doing what they're told, <laughs> what they're asked to do. But then to add a little addendum that says, you know, these are the people who critique CRT, critique it on this basis. And I think the underlying principle is just broaden the conversation, right? Not just disparage it and say, shut it down. No, we're not. I'm not. I don't, I don't, I think it's wrong. It's no really engage it, but engage it fully, which always includes critique. Right. Okay. So now that we've looked at it, let's make sure we look at the critiques of it and why it might not be wise to actually buy this hook, line and sinker. Right. In any era, you, you, as a student, or even as a professor, you're going to have to know what the hot topic is, right? And to know it doesn't mean that you accept it. Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And in fact, to know it, you really should be able to critique it. Absolutely. We're not just asked to uh, 
absorb things. Right. You know, one of the, the my favorite questions for uh, people to be able to ask when they're thinking critically is, okay, so here's the view that I understand you have. What are the three best arguments against it? Who, who's, who's making the, the counter case? Why don't you buy their counter arguments? That's a great question. And it just opens the conversation to, okay, there are two sides to everything. And if somebody really has come to put their flag, you know, down on this view, I believe this, they ought to be able to give the other side's arguments and some of the leading proponents of the other side and actually then specify why they don't buy that. Right, right. And when somebody can't, you know, they really haven't done their homework. They're just taking the party line and running with it because it's what you do or running against it <laughs> or running against right. it. Yes. But right. You haven't read something then you don't have too many legs to stand on. Right. Exactly. Anything else you'd want to say as we wrap up about this issue, other, other resources, maybe you'd want to mention if there are any, I think that one of the fastest ways is to look at some of the videos that, that are out, there. Mm-hmm. you know, like Rufo, but there's a lot of others and I'd say do that so that you don't feel so alone mm-hmm. and that you have a greater capacity to understand where are the weak spots and where, what are the strong spots for critical race theory. And even though I don't believe critical theory is going to help that, at least you'll know it's all over the place. It sure is. <laughs> I mean, it's even in K-12, believe it or not. And because it's so prevalent, I am so appreciative of you coming on and taking some of your valuable time to share your insights on this topic. Oh, thank you. That brings us to the end of this edition of the College Faith Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this conversation at the intersection of Christian conviction and higher education. Be sure to check out today's show notes at collegefaith.net slash podcasts, where you can find more information and links to the resources we discussed. If you found this podcast helpful, please help spread the word by liking my College Faith Facebook page at facebook.com slash collegefaith and pass this show on to others who may enjoy hearing our conversation. Please do visit our sponsor, Global Scholars, to help equip Christian professors to be salt and light for Christ on their campuses. Until next time, this is Stan Wallace encouraging you to love the Lord your God with both heart and mind during the university years and beyond.